What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam is wearing plaid kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. I feel like you, you missed a bit of an opportunity there. Mm. I would have gone with Adam Platum Kalau. Platum. That would have been good. Yeah, but, you know, you swing and miss every now and then, Graham. Yeah, they're not always perfect. I was going to call you Adam George Lucas Kalau, but uh, you need to have gained at least 200 pounds. Is, does George Lucas wear a lot of oh, plaid slash flannel? Plaid. Yeah. Interesting. Maybe not 200 pounds, but yeah, he's he's like the pl- he was wearing plaid before everyone else was. Got it. Yeah, I had no, I had no idea about that. That's that's a fascinating fact. Yeah, there's your Star Wars of, trivia of the for week. the day. Um, no, things are going well, Graham. We, we promised either a special episode of Atlanta Zone or no episode of Atlanta Zone. And once again, <laughs> we do not come through. And we're just doing a normal episode yeah. of Atlanta Zone that happens to be recorded on the Monday before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's a little special. You know, kind, of, kind of a little one-day work week for both of us. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so vibes should be good. You know? Yeah. We discussed vibes, vibes. the other week and how important right. that is for sports teams. I think it's important for podcasting teams important as well. for all things. All teams, really. All teams. Um, yeah, it really gets things going. So I'm very excited to be here with you today, Graham. Good. And to discuss all things sports. Great. So... Um, we need to talk about LeBron and the two and fourteen Lakers. All uh, things sports. I think they won three games in a row without LeBron. Oh actually. wow! Yeah, without him. So that's, that's why they just need to make that trade. Yeah, to the to the Hawks. Bring him home. Give him a first. Give him a first. Two first round picks for LeBron. I don't think you got to go that high anymore. For no. him. maybe you do. I don't know. But also, kind of in the same realm as discussing LeBron. Did you watch the World Cup today? I watched maybe five seconds worth. I watched the entire game. Did you? Entertaining stuff. Yeah. U.S. really blew it. I heard there was a uh, penalty kick screw up, or they screwed up uh, so bad that it caused a penalty kick to be performed upon them that led to the tie. Yeah, it was just like a penalty in the box, which results in a uh, penalty kick. Sure. Uh, but yeah, they were up one nothing pretty early and had so many opportunities in the first half and just like couldn't get that second goal. So they got the, the tie against Wales. Uh, which is better to get points than no points, but they're kind of actually favored to beat Wales. And then they have England on Friday. I heard England beat the hell out of whoever they played today. Iran. Like 6-2 to two or something. 4 nothing. 4 nothing. Well, either way, it's a blowout. <laughs> it won by 4. Actually, no, way. no, you're right. It was 6-2. It was 6-2. It was 6-2. Okay. The, the goal differential was 4. Um, but um, enough of that nonsense. Enough of that nonsense. Enough of that sport that no one really cares about. Let's talk about the Falcons. Yes. The team that everyone cares about. The other football. Yes, the other football. The team that everyone cares about, Adam. The Falcons, once again, were in a crazy-ass game, uh, won 27-24 to against the Bears on Sunday. And it was, uh, it was a pretty wild one um, for many reasons. One in particular was Corderell Patterson uh, breaking the all-time kickoff return for a touchdown record. Uh, he was in a three-way tie, Josh Cribbs and someone else I'm not remembering. Leon Washington, Leon I Washington believe. Leon Washington of the Jets. And um, that was a hell of a thing because we were down, what, 17-7 at that point. Corderell had just turned the ball over on a fumble that led to a Bears touchdown, and then Corderell redeems himself immediately. Yeah, he was very, very – I was too. He was very upset at himself after that fumble. Yeah. Uh, it would have been, you know, a big momentum-changing play instead – 
We, that was the f- second fumble of the first half for the Falcons at that, or was that the second half? By the time I think that was the second quarter. Second quarter, yeah. Um, but yeah, just got knocked out of there. Avery Williams had a fumble as well, and I've never seen a player like you're still talking about the fumble after the Bears quickly marched down and scored a touchdown after the fumble. You're still talking about Corderell and that fumble and just instantly redeems himself. He was so angry. He said he he was going to run that thing out. It was about three yards into the end zone. He said a little more than that. Well, it was a 103-yard touchdown. Oh, it was? Yeah. It felt like it was more than that just watching. I was like, damn, he's taking out like six yards deep. He said he would have taken it out 10 yards deep. Yeah. He was so mad. No, he, and... Yeah, he was like running before the ball got to him. Like he was already like gearing up. Yeah, man. Once he gets going, it's like, he's you know, some of the players were talking about it. And it's like once they saw it was like Santos, the kicker, is the last guy. He's like, there's no kicker that's going to tackle right. Cordell Patterson. Yeah. Um, so good for him. Absolutely. Huge momentum changer when we were down 10 at that point and uh, got us right back in the game. Yeah. It was a weird offensive day for the Falcons. Didn't really, it's like, especially if you just look at the box score independent of watching the game, it's just so odd. It's like Mariota leads the team in rushing attempts with 13 for 25, which is abysmal. Um, only throws the ball 20 times. Uh, Pitts has three catches. Bird has two catches. Uh, London has one catch, one touchdown for two yards. Uh, Patterson has. 10 carries for 52 yards. Algiers, eight carries for 55. It was just really oddly distributed um, over the, the course of the day. And Corderell, until the fourth quarter, only had five carries, which I also thought was odd. It's like, why isn't Corderell getting more carries? I know the fumble, but this is a guy you trust. This guy you brought back. He's your lead back. Why is he not getting the ball more? You know what's bullshit, Graham? Hmm. Kickoff returns don't count for fantasy. I thought fans. about that because he's your fan. I realized Corderell that today. Fantasy. I was like, yeah. wait, how did he only have five points? Yeah. Uh, so that's very unfair. That is very unfair. In Yahoo Sports in our league. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, you know, the offense, it didn't feel that bad. I mean, we put up, I guess, 20 points offensively. So, I mean, obviously the kickoff return helps a lot, and Koo making his field goals helps a lot. But I don't know. It didn't – Mariota didn't feel as terrible. But no. Then, but then you look up and it's only 130 yards passing. Yeah. Uh, surprising. I mean, he had some bad runs, man. Like, oh yeah, well, you got what, what's thir- that like a one point nine one point yard average. average or something? And like, I feel like there's so many opportunities where he had the potential to go upfield and get three four uh, yards and just kind of go sideways. With yeah, it, it was trying like to avoid contact. Yeah, it was like he was either he wasn't. It didn't feel like when he was running the ball, which is like the first time I've seen this this year from him. Uncertain. Right, like remember, like uh, against the Panthers in the first game, that certainty when it was third and three, and he realized the pocket's collapsing. I gotta get the hell out of here and just make something happen. Goes up the field immediately. This time it was a lot of east-west bullshit that didn't really give him anything. Um, I mean, really, really lead I mean, to anything. It was, his, it was odd. His touchdown run was the thing of beauty. His though. touchdown run was great, but too much over the course of the day. It was just like indecision. Yeah, led to just crap. And yet, I mean, he had another one where like. He almost fumbled. I think the ball came out, but he fell on it. And it's yeah. just like, dude, we, as I keep saying all year, we're just not good enough to make that many mistakes. So, fortunately, the fumbles didn't kill us. No. The kickoff return got us back into it. And the defense, they stepped it up in the second half. I was very impressed by the defense overall. I mean, also, not just the sacks. We'll get to that in a second. The big thing coming into this game that we talked about last week that I was worried about was the Bears' rushing game that of Fields and Montgomery. And we held those guys to 152 yards rushing, um, which, all things considered, isn't bad. Like, Fields has just been running over everybody. 
but we held Montgomery to seven, uh, 67 yards and 17 carries, which I thought was, like, admirable. You know, 3.9 average. Pretty solid. Especially after getting just absolutely torn up by Dante Foreman in the last game. Um, Big-time adjustments were made uh, in the running in the, in the run defense and, and the getting pressure on the quarterback. Also, I mean, you look at fields with 84 yards rushing – and that sounds like a lot, but you got to look at it in the greater context of what he's been doing over he's the last three for like games. 170 yards. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, and he only had 12 of those rushing yards in the second half. So they really tightened it down a lot. Yeah. Uh, and he was hurt. And he, he got hurt, especially near the end of the game. Which but was your, helpful. Your boy, um, Anderson, uh, who you love so much, not, not Abdullah Anderson, but, but Troy Anderson, um, made an absolutely beautiful tackle on Fields in the second half. Fields was about to turn up the field. Anderson gets over there, just makes this fantastic sort of shoestring tackle on Justin Fields. And, um, yeah, I mean, the defense really rose rose to the occasion. And somehow, someway, Adam, they record four sacks on the day. Yeah, and it came from all over the place. Uh, Epichetti had one, Lorenzo Carter – Abdullah Anderson had one. And Grady. And Grady. Yeah, those sacks really saved us on multiple drives, including one which I believe pushed Santos a little further out of field goal range where he, they went for a 56-yard attempt at the end of the first half, which was pretty poor clock management on the Bears. They were very lackadaisical. To even it, like, it was like, oh, man, we got most, they were acting like, uh, well, we got like five minutes left in the quarter. It's like, no, you need to move i mean i appreciate it but they left like over a minute on the clock where like justin fields had run out of bounds for like no reason yeah and then attempted that long field goal attempt so we had great field position and we were able to come back and get three points and tie it up at the half mm -hmm. which was a big momentum shift as well so thank you to the bears for that yeah you know it's nice to be on the other side of that for a change you know <laughs> I'm, yeah, I just got the Dan Quinn error in my head. We're normally the ones fucking that up left and right. So, oh, of course, and good to see an opponent do it. It's, it's nice to know that you know there are people out there who suffer similar, I guess, mental lapses like Dan Quinn did. He's it's not, not easy. One. No, it's not. We said we sit here. In the NFL. No, it's it's incredible. I can't imagine how hard it is, honestly. Um, but. There's sometimes when it's just like common sense decisions like that. You're like, how are they making that mistake? What do you think's a more stressful job, NFL head coach or president of the United States? I would say definitely president of the United States. NFL head coach or governor of a, you know, mediocre state? Maybe NFL head coach at that point. <laughs> okay. A little less responsibility. Uh, than the president. Yeah, like still not an easy job. I don't know what state. Say like Montana, like things like you got your status quo. Sure, you, you don't Nothing have to worry changes. about many changes. Yeah. you just kind of got to show up. Not a lot happens. Right. Yeah. Probably Versus like head you know. coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, it might be a little tougher. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. so. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, definitely. So that's that's kind of the line, though. Right. Yeah, governor. Yeah, not a job I'd want. No, I don't want either one of those jobs. I'd much rather be like. A very good special teams coach. Right. You're very focused on a specific thing. And there's really not that much to, to game plan unless you're coming up with fake plays. Yeah, no, you're, you're just teaching everyone the fundamentals and working on tackling. Yeah. A lot. Right. Your playbook's about five plays deep. Like, there's not much to teach a kicker. Like, 
yeah he's either, either gonna do it or, or he doesn't yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so i mean that's that's a that's a big time heart position sure heart and routine so i i can stress both of those mm-hmm. gotta have heart gotta practice but routine. but, but the, the mentally that would be challenging for you uh if you were the head coach oh yeah no yeah, no yeah, you'd yeah. have to do way too much yeah. you, you too have much to, stress on the brunt. have to rely on other people yeah. so yeah sure special teams coordinator all the way for me but you know graham good win for the falcons yeah keeps us in it the thing i was really impressed about with with the pressure on the quarterback was it didn't really come from blitzing a lot of this came from or at least two or three of them came from just sending four guys which you just never see the falcons uh excel with in terms of pass rushes like sending four guys is usually a death sentence to a, a nice 20 yard game sure and to see like oh my god we got pressure on the quarterback with just sending four guys and we got a sack it's like what world am i living in you know it was just a massive relief for me to see on sunday graham what's that Fourth quarter, we're driving. It's a tie ball game. We're hoping to get some points on the board. And I believe we are on about the Bears 45, okay. somewhere around midfield. Mm-hmm. And it gets to fourth and three. 410 left on the clock. What did I say last week, Graham? If you get into that scenario where we have the football in a tie ball game, fourth down, you have to go for it. I don't care the yardage, I don't yep. care where we are in the field because the other team is going to score. And Coach Smith went for it on like fourth and it was like fourth and three or fourth and four. I think it was two. You're talking about the quarter L run for the first down. Yeah, I was thinking it was two. But either way, it's not like an easy two or an easy right. Three. And it's like I mean, it was on their side of the field yeah. to where if we had, you know, turned it over, they need like ten yards for a field goal. Right. But I just figured it's like, hey, that just means they're going to score quicker. Yeah. Than they might have otherwise. Sure. So I, I mean, we picked it up relatively easily, and I, I was just very happy to see that. It was like feel like that was something. You know, he's learned. I mean, a couple of our losses where we have punted it away, it's just like just like clockwork, like that Chargers game. They take up all four minutes, kick the game-winning field goal. Mm-hmm. Our defense just is not good enough to, like, get those tough stops. We'll get some good takeaways here and there, like we won this past game. But overall, you got to go, man. Yeah, and the thing I appreciate about that play was they got stuffed on, like, what, third and one or third and inches on just sort of, uh, you know, power formation. And so instead of doing that again, right, and just being like, oh, let's just run it again. We can get it this time. It was like they did it from the shotgun. They made Chicago think maybe they'll throw it and then just gave it to Corderell and let him do work. And that was, you know, Corderell was the most important player on that last drive. He got five carries for like 25 yards on that last drive. I mean, he was just running over people, picking up at least four or five yards of carry. Um, so good for Corderell and good for Arthur Smith being like, okay, Let's change the formation and make the Bears think about it a little bit so it's not so obvious we're going to run. Yep. Good good, good play calling. Although it was shitty play calling again once they got that first down. Um, you know, they run it like three times and then or, or two times, and then they take a deep shot to Zacchaeus for some reason. Well, Buddy didn't look at the ball. Like, I know, but let's think about this again. It was actually a catchable pass for sure. Mariota. But the problem with all this is, it's just inherently, even though that was a perfectly decent pass, Falcons are just not figured it out on deep balls this yeah, year. Yeah, they don't hit either. Either it's the either Marriott overthrows or something bad happens to the receiver or both, where there's just a miscommunication. We got to stop doing this. Got to stop doing these long passes on third and long, particularly when you've just been running the ball the entire time. Mariota isn't that good to just be like, all right, I haven't thrown the ball in five, six minutes. Let me throw a deep ball here. 
I, I don't understand this this play calling. It's, it's a repeated mistake that continues to happen. If you have a better quarterback, like the play call in and of itself isn't bad. But when you consider the personnel, both the quarterback and the receiving core, uh, particularly with all these deep balls or the Zacchaeus or Bird, it's like, what, what are we doing? Well, we also like weren't in that like amazing of field goal position either. Like that was a what fifty three yarder yeah, that he made there. Yards. So I was like, uh, yeah, I would I would appreciate maybe five more yards. Yeah, just do a dump off, it. do a dump off to Algier or something. No, you're right. I mean the the that's probably like a less than fifteen percent chance. Yeah. of us hitting a pass like that at this point. Yeah, so it's kind of like you just gotta. I mean, I guess you have to take your shots every now and then. But it can't be not a, in that situation. Exactly, it can't. We got to stop doing this on third and third and long, doing these deep passes. I just can't at, at the end of games and critical on critical drives when you're trying to ice the game. That's not how we win. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. And so we, it's a, awesome that he made that kick. Yeah, I was not feeling great about that. But then you leave over two minutes on the clock again. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, it's about to be at least a tie ball game. Right. Hugo made an interesting point. Let me <laughs> see what you think about this. Okay. Hugo said he would rather his team only be up three late instead of four. Because if your team's up three, they, they're more likely to just settle for a field goal versus taking the shot for the touchdown, where against our defense, they're probably going to get that touchdown. So hmm. maybe they just get the field goal. You go to overtime, and maybe something happens overtime. I understand that rationale. Yeah, it's actually not terrible logic. Yeah, especially when you're talking about the Falcons. Yeah, if you're talking about yeah. a, a team with a competent, more competent defense. I would disagree, but the Falcons, right. I don't disagree. Yeah, with. <laughs> I, I honestly felt better at three because it's like, okay, we could probably, like, in this scenario, keep them away from the touchdown. Yes, but you know, if they need the touchdown, then we're playing loose. Right, we're not bringing any pressure. Right. It's a different ball game. Yeah, and, and the defense was again like getting a lot of pressure on Fields, making good plays on him. Uh, really, I mean, they crushed him with that that shoulder. I mean, he, he was he was in a lot of pain um, physically from the hits he was taking to the shoulder, and then it led to the Hawkins interception uh, to ice the game. So yeah, it was it was an entertaining game, and uh, we saw some really good progress by the the by the defense in particular, and the run defense and getting pressure on the quarterback. It's good to see AJ Terrell back out there too. Yeah, I think I haven't seen the snap counts, but I do think he was still somewhat limited. Yeah, but that's kind of a good game to get him back out there. Yeah, I agree with Fields who doesn't like exactly light best, it up with the arm. The best receiver you got to worry about is Darnell Mooney, so you know that's a good good practice guy. Yeah, and I mean, he's bad, but he's not like you know Mike Evans or something. Also, keep in mind, good to see even after that Hawkins interception, like they still had two timeouts. Like we had to get a first down. Yeah. And we did. Like, yeah. Algier iced it with that 26-yard mm-hmm. run. So, I'm excited about that kid, man. It, it's awesome that he's a rookie, and here he's the guy that they're giving the ball, like, in that scenario. Like, they trust him the most with uh, holding on to the ball. Yeah. You know, as right. we saw with Patterson's fumble. Right. Um, so, that's that's an exciting piece for the future that, you know, I could certainly see him being our starting quarter, uh, running back in the next – year or two i agree i think he's got a lot of chops i just want to see him um i want to see him once again used in the passing game again only got one catch but got didn't uh you know was able to turn into a nine yard gain i just really think the falcons gotta gotta start giving him the ball more i mean i want i want him and patterson to be like the guys who carry the offense especially now that we've learned today that kyle pitts has been moved to the ir after leaving the game i think in the third quarter um you know, your offense is becoming more and more limited. You're going to have to rely on your running game even more than you have before. 
Yeah, so that's pretty big news that we found out today where he is going to be out for an extended time, it looks like. I don't think we've heard exactly how long, but the fact that he's on the injured reserve now, it's not going to be a couple weeks. First report from the day that it was that it was a sprain of a ligament, I believe, Dr. Graham, uh, in his MCL? Yeah, MCL is a ligament. Okay. It's not in your foot though, uh, or your wrist, yeah. your ankle or wrist, so I don't really, you know, I don't really specialize in the knee. It is in the knee, though. But it is in the knee. That much I know. And that's where he got hit. But, yeah, I mean, it's strange because he got up, walked off the field, looked okay. But as Coach Smith says, like, you can't really speculate because you'll see people get carted off and then they're playing the next week. And then sure. someone who jogs off the field, he's out for the season. So yeah. we don't know the full time frame, but it's not looking good. So Michael Pruitt is probably going to be the starting tight end. Hopefully my boy Ferkser gets to come back up now that we need a pass-catching tight end. What about your boy Felipe Franks? I he is fourth <laughs> on the depth chart. Still, yeah, I don't think that's happened. Yeah, so. yeah. Ferks are. I imagine Hesse will get more more action too. Yeah, I think Hesse's more of a blocker. But he is, but I could see him used in a couple of passing yeah. situations. I mean, you, you got to give Ferks some run here now. Yeah, it's crazy. He's still just like I guess he's not good enough to be a tight end for any other team if he's still just on our practice squad. Yeah, that but. says a lot. But I'm still excited about it. Sure, I know. That's you, my boy. Yeah, I know you love Ferkser. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with this because, like, I mean, Pitts has only had one really good game this year. The uh, the Carolina game, the first Carolina game, and you know I don't really blame him as much as I blame Mariota for that. Um, but you know, again, he was like you know three catches for 43. Um, in this game, it's like every game it seems like two for 25, three for 40, four for 45. You know, it's just like. He's not stat-wise doing a ton to make you be like, all right, this is an absolute beast that we rely on offensively. And so it's like, I don't think it's going to be a massive loss, but the problem is going to be a massive loss in terms of actual like production and the, and the, the box score and on the field and things like that. It's going to affect, though, it's really going to affect Drake London because people are going to key in on him big time. And they're going to take him away. So guys like Demir Bird need to step up, Hodge, Zacchaeus, and the Falcons' play callers. Um, you know, it's particularly Arthur Smith and this and our offensive coordinator, whose name I can never remember, um, need to ensure that they get the ball to Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson in a multitude of ways, running the ball and catching the ball out of the backfield. Well, yeah, man, it's just like even if, it's not like London's been getting putting up amazing stats either no one catch for two yards right it's just the state of our offense right now where we're not going to be a passing offense so maybe we do see a little bit more if we as we've been squawking about since the preseason i think patterson's gonna be spread out wide a lot more maybe we do see that a little bit more yeah and you utilize huntley and algier that would be cool you know so we've got a little bit of flexibility there so, but I agree with you, Grandma. I don't think it dooms the season no. to lose Pitts. Like, Mm-mm. not to say that he can't be a superstar, or he could be a superstar right now if you're on a different team. Sure, but just with our quarterback and our other limitations, it is what it is right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But we're still a fun little team. Yep, we can still do some damage. We just have to play within ourselves. Yeah, and uh, we're only a half game back of Tampa Bay, who is idle. So Tampa Bay's at five and five. Falcons are currently at five and six. Saints are one game behind us at four and seven. Carolina lost to the Ravens, so they're uh, pretty much out of it at this point at three and eight. Um, but looking ahead, Adam, we play the Commanders, who are pretty hot right now. Only team in the league to beat Philly a couple weeks ago, and then uh, 
steamrolled the Texans last week. So uh, it's going to be a tough game against them. They, you know, Tyler Henneke's playing really solid, mis- pretty much mistake-free That'd football. Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. What did I say? Tyler Henneke. Yeah, that's all right. That's a classic like Atlanta mispronunciation of someone's <laughs> name. You're in the ballpark. I'm in the ballpark. Uh, you know, he's been solid. Terry McLaurin is a, is a bona fide number one receiver. Antonio Gibson's a solid back out of the backfield in the passing game in particular. Uh, their defense is playing pretty well, forcing turnovers. They get Chase Young back this week. They as get well. Chase Young back. Thank you for that. Yeah, the former number one overall pick, who's an absolute monster. Um, so this ain't gonna be an easy game. Um, I remember we were talking about, oh, Commanders, that should be a win. Now I'm like, well, fuck, they might kick our ass. Yeah, I mean they've they've certainly looked a lot better than what they were early in the year. So I don't think we're gonna get our asses kicked. I think it's gonna be a seven and ten point game. Mm. We'll probably have a chance at the end. But, yeah, I don't have a ton of confidence in this game at this point, especially going up there to play in the cold. Yeah, we're not good on the road this year. We're actually 4-2 and two at home, Adam. We're getting some semblance of a home field advantage like you wanted. That is wild after winning zero games in Atlanta last year. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, good. I guess that's a good thing. Cool. But, you know, this isn't an impossible game for us. Weirder things have happened. Yeah, I mean, we could do something. It, it, it is crazy how good they've been, not just beating uh, the Eagles and taking care of the Texans. They're 5-1 and one in their last six games. Um, you know, and their, their one loss was to Minnesota, and they only lost by three points. So, I mean, they're, they're – they're, I wouldn't I don't know how for real they are in terms of, like, contending for a Super Bowl, but they're playing really good football yeah. right now. Although Minnesota also just lost 42 nothing, and I saw – 40-3, to three, actually. What but was it? It's 40-3. to three. Sorry. My apologies. How dare you? <laughs> I saw I saw where they are the worst ever eight and two football team in the history of eight and two football they, teams. They haven't really played anybody until Dallas. They have a negative point differential now. Yeah, it's like I, I remember it was going into that game. They only had like their positive point differential. They only had eight plus positive point differential is what I'm trying to say. So it's like when you start seeing stuff like that, it's kinda like probably not as good as yeah, your record indicates. A little fraudy. Yeah. But I mean I would certainly take that record. Don't get me oh, wrong. Oh hell yeah. But uh, the point is, you know, maybe. Although, who else? Who else has Washington beat? Washington has recently. Beat, um, Colts. Eh. They beat the Packers, eh. the Bears, eh. and the Texans and the Eagles. Okay. So I mean, they haven't like beaten you know super name opponents. We got opponents. a chance. We definitely have a chance. It's just the way they beat the Eagles at the Eagles was very impressive. I don't know if, if you watched that game at all. Eagles might have been sleeping on them. Might have been, but they took advantage of that shit. Beat them 32-21. I know a lot, a lot that score is buffered by that last-minute turnover, but even still. Yeah. To go into Lincoln Financial and beat a team that was undefeated who had been the class of the league at that point is impressive. So, Going into the link. Yeah, you got to you gotta respect the, the commanders, and it's going to be a really, really hard-fought uh, game on Sunday. But, you know, again, we just got to do what we normally do and – run the hell out of the ball and hope Mariota plays turnover free football. And, you know, it'd be great if uh, the, the pass rush can continue getting sacks. I would love another four sacks. Yeah, no, I mean, we need that. Yeah. We cannot get stops without sacks. Yeah. And it's, it's really imperative. Um, especially on the road. Take, take, cause I mean, the commanders have a, a solid fan base too. take the fans out of the game early, um, get pressure on Heineke and uh, let's see what happens. I still think Commanders are probably going to win this one, but uh, don't count the Falcons out. 
Can you do you have our schedule pulled up still over there? I will. You can make that happen. I can make that happen. And one second. Yep. All right. Give me the rest of the games again. You got Commanders. You got Steelers. You got Saints. You got Ravens. You got Cardinals. Buccaneers. You got five games left. All right. So I see we have to go at least three. Actually, six. Excuse me. Six Six games left. So I think we can only lose two more games. Yeah, especially with the way Tampa Bay is playing now. Um, I would agree. So, so we've got to beat. I mean, I think the Ravens. The Ravens are playing good. And the now. Commanders are probably the most obvious losses. Tampa Bay could be an obvious but loss. But we have to beat the Bucks. We have to beat the Bucks. If we're going to do anything, we have to win that game. That's 100%. why I'm ruling that out. Okay. So, I think that's doable. The rest of them seem winnable still. Like I still think there's a world where we could beat both the Ravens and the Commanders. I mean, the Ravens could just be a complete stomp down as well. Yeah. But here's the Bucks schedule. They got the Browns at Cleveland. Maybe something weird happens Cleveland's there. Cleveland's not playing well right now, though. Then the Saints. Saints suck. Yeah, they'll kill the Saints. At the 49ers. I think 49ers. That could be a playing, problem. They're 49ers, playing better. 49ers right? are playing a lot better recently. Um, Bengals. Bengals are playing better That's recently. Good news. Yeah. At the Cardinals. Probably a win. Late season Cardinals suck. Yep. Panthers win. And then us. So potentially three losses there. Yeah. If we just let's just assume that we win that game. January eighth at the Benz. I would I've been wanting to go to see that game anyway, but I'm definitely going now, especially because it could actually have postseason implications. Uh it's 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 you know it, I look forward to Sundays now Adam I haven't done that in a while I was used to Sunday was just a begrudging obligation watch now it's like ah you never know what's going to happen with these crazy falcons Yep no it's it's a nice change of pace makes you excited about the future and you know where we're going to go when we actually have some free agent money to spend and next year baby um other big news from this week falcons wise mm. Graham article came out where I guess it wasn't an article. It was just Coach Smith speaking at a press conference where he's like, there is no quarterback controversy. Right. Marcus is our guy right. as long as we're in the hunt. So if it gets to week 18 against the Bucks, and that's for all the marbles, right? <laughs> Mariota's our quarterback. Yeah. So just be over with it. Unless he gets hurt, of course. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, him saying that um... – Unless he just goes out and throws like four picks every week, there's there's not going to be a change, or he gets hurt. So yeah, we can scrutinize, we can, uh, you know, go crazy over how the. Sorry. Yeah, it sounds like uh, unless he throws four picks every week or gets injured, like you're saying, he's he's the guy. So yeah, we can still scrutinize him, we can still hold him to a standard, but at the end of the day, we uh, the calls for Desmond Ritter to become the starting quarterback, barring those things happening, uh, just isn't going to happen. Yep. So, that's that. I mean, we could be out of the playoff hunt in like two or three weeks. Sure. So, who knows? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much your Falcons report for the week. And um, I guess that's all, folks. Uh, Until you listen to the commercial break. Okay. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. I especially love 
the Thanksgiving Wishbone Classic. I have uh, some success there in the normal DraftKings slate, so I'm definitely doing it again this year. Um, it's a lot of fun. And right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, points, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. All right. I was 2-0 and last week. 2-0. and So listen to me again this week. I got you for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving uh, Thanksgiving bets. First game I'm, I'm looking at is Buffalo and Detroit. These two teams score a lot of points. It's going to be mayhem. I say bet the over on the 52.5. It looks like a big number, and it is, but these teams score a bitch load of points. Detroit especially likes to, likes to make things really interesting at home. And I think this is going to be a crazy game. I think Buffalo will probably win by 10, but it's going to be like 40 to 30 or something. It's going to be nuts. Take the over on the Buffalo-Detroit game. And then uh, I got another over-under for you. New England at Minnesota. I'm going to tell you to take the under at 43.5 points. Uh, New England doesn't have a great offense. They score like 20 points a game, if that. They only score 10 against the Jets. Uh, Minnesota was awful against Dallas last week. Only scored three points. I think this is going to be like a 20-17 to 17 game, um, something like that. So take the under 43.5 points in the Minnesota-New England game. So once again, that's the over on Buffalo-Detroit, over 52.5, and, and take the under on New England-Minnesota, 43.5 points. So here's what you got to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Adam, we're back. There's a crazy announcement for the Braves, which we'll get into on a future episode when we actually have done some research on it. But apparently... It looks like Liberty Media might be putting the Braves up for sale or at least making them publicly uh, tradable somehow. Yeah, it's it's some very complicated stock options that our uh, young and ignorant minds don't fully understand. No. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a segment with either with or he's going to just like give us notes, a br- probably write a full brief mm-hmm. and then I can condense it into notes i think it'd be better to have uh dadlaw of dadlaw.com on we'll see it's one of one of our new sponsors dadlaw.com if you need a lawyer and you're you know young and don't want to go to the formalities of a big law firm dadlaw.com he'll read your contracts he'll put them into terms that you can understand dadlaw.com so he's going to read our stuff (laughs) out and uh break down this braves deal for us because you know, it's some sort of weird combination of the Braves franchise and the batteries involved. You know, I it was suggested to me by one of our more financial savvy friends that I convert my entire sports folio to the <laughs> sports folio, <laughs> which I kind of like that term actually. I do too. Graham. That's I'm gonna hilarious. I'm gonna stick sports with that. Folio. 
So I'm gonna I love that shit. We're we're gonna trademark that term sports folio real quick. Yeah. And I'm gonna convert my portfolio to a sports folio. Love it. 100% brave stock. We'll be owners. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, I kind of am uh, interested in that too. I was like. Should I get on this Braves? Like, how much is a is a share for the for a piece of the Braves? I have no idea. Yeah, is, is, no one knows yet. I think they're doing this to gauge interest, and then eventually they'll sell it. Because I, I can't remember who was talking, but one of the people from Liberty Media was saying basically, um, you know, they're selling the the Angels, and I hear Washington might be selling, but you know, we think we have a much more attractive um, team with the Braves and it's hard not to see why I'm paraphrasing there but obviously you know the continued playoff success the World Series of 2021 um Young profits, yeah the profits going up and up and up especially since uh the 2021 season so um yeah the Braves should be an attractive option and I love god I hope that the team is sold to someone who will fully utilize those funds um to make us we are perennial contenders but even more so, like like we can go out and spend stupid money if we need to, sort of deal. I guess, Graham. But the stupid money generally results in bad contracts. It, yes, it can. But think about, you know, teams like the Astros, teams like, you know, I know the Dodgers have only won one World Series, but they're consistently just killing everybody uh, in the regular season. Obviously, you want to win the playoffs, and the Braves have done that. Um, but if you have a chance to get more money and get – and you, you give – Anthopolis more money at him. Give Anthopolis more money to play with. Just, just you know, the, you know, he's done so well with a limited budget. Imagine giving him less constraints. Hopefully, he you can know, do even better. It's it's interesting that you mentioned the Astros, Graham. Do you know what their payroll was? I do not. In twenty twenty two, it was one hundred eighty two million eight hundred ninety six thousand. That's top ten, right? Do you know what the Braves' payroll was? Uh, was it more? No, it was one million less. Wow, hundred eighty-one million eight hundred thirty. Just to show what I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like you you still kind of have it in your bra that we are you know fifteen twenty payroll team. No, we're top ten, but it'll be nice again. We top were five, eight in twenty twenty two. Yeah, so uh, a ton of teams would love to be in our position. Sure, but we should we should be spending even more. I think, and I still think we will. But yeah, I mean, you look at so. The, what a, we're at 181 million. Dodgers are at 265 million, which is insane. Then you got the Yankees at 251. They haven't won shit in a long time. Yep. Phillies at 242. They got lucky this year. They're not going to win anything for a very long time. Mark my words. Padres, Red Sox, they suck. White Sox, they suck. You know, Dodgers and Astros are the only people ahead of us that are actually having success right now. Sure. But I think, you know... Granted, I'm taking some leniencies with biases against certain teams. Right. Like, the Yankees did go to the ALCS. I mean, it's like they're trash <laughs> or the anything. The Phillies were in the World Series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Padres were in the NLCS. Right. So, I mean... But, you know, I'm just looking at future outlook. I don't like it. Yeah. And it's not like um, it's not like having a bitch load of money means success. Right? I mean, we, we, we've, we've seen that before. That, we, you know, it, but it's like... I just feel like with this front office and how good they are, generally... Um, no one's perfect, but generally they're a great front office. You give them more money, we'll have more success. Graham, we had some user mail this week, and it's been noticed that you've been using the term bitch load a lot recently. Okay. So can you explain the difference between like bitch load and say like a shit ton? I think they're synonymous. I think they're just terms that mean the same thing pretty much. You're just 
changing up what the what what the words you're combining are bitch or shit it's, it's the same thing <laughs> okay so one isn't greater than the other no they're totally synonymous words okay but you're you're, you're just stuck on bitch load right now i am for some reason i don't know why what about bitch ton i feel like that's bitch ton could work too <laughs> you bitch got ton the, could work. the dueling t's there at the end of bitch and beginning bitch of ton, ton bitch load yeah yeah bitch ton could could you know okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try it on for size all right next good. time a, a financial discussion occurs I guess it does generally relate to finances for you. Uh, but, yeah, so that, that'll be interesting to see other Braves news this week. Ronald Acuna hired a new agent, which Uh-oh. is kind of <laughs> – <laughs> But apparently the entire, like, Acuna family, a couple of his brothers play as well, and they're all just, like, getting under the same umbrella. But, yeah, it's certainly, you know, playing into this Acuna is upset narrative. And I still think the Braves offer him a new deal before, like, well, well before this one's up. Yeah, I'd say in the next two years they'll probably. He's got to prove he's healthy. Yes, yes, he does. It can't just be given to him after this year and be like, "All right, Ronald, we love you, so stay here forever." It's like, nah, that's a bad precedent. Yeah, exactly. We can't just give. I don't think Anthopoulos is kind of guy just to give in to that sort of pressure, either. So um, I'm not, I'm not concerned. He's still under contract for like five or six more years. He can demand a trade all he wants, but I don't think the Braves are going to... Not just saying he has, but I'm just saying he could, but I don't think the Braves are going to just move him unless it becomes a real big problem. Mm. Like, I would be surprised if that came out before the Braves had a chance to talk to him about an extension or something. Right, right. I mean, we're so far from that. It was a 10-year contract, right? They signed it, I think. Or maybe an 8-year contract. 2019, yeah. so I think he's got four or five more years left on it. Yeah, we're not there yet. Interesting free agent popped up this week, Graham, that I wanted to get your take on. Okay. Cody Bellinger. No. Absolutely not. Great defense. He's still He's still accrued three-something war if, last year. If he, and, Graham, I'm okay. not done. All right, sorry. He's come on record saying he only wants a one-year deal. So he wants a one-year prove-it deal, which that has Anthopolis written all over it. And he's only 27. You know, get him. And we we have seen a lot of guys come to Atlanta that have been struggling and really turn it around. So maybe Bellinger's an option. He just looks so lost at the plate. I mean, if you watch any Dodger games last year, it's just like good night. And yeah, you're right. He's still young. He still plays good defense. Um, I like that more than Jason Hayward. Yes, I would agree. I don't want Jason Hayward back here. If he's if he's willing to to come on as a bench player. Then I'm fine with it. If it's a cheap deal, I'm fine with it. But if he's expecting to, to be the everyday starter in the in a corner outfield position, hell no. I mean, would you take him over Rosario? No. Would you take him over Ozuna? No. Really? I don't know. Actually, yeah. Defensively, yeah, yeah, and he could still. Hit a ball at I mean, the ballpark. Bellinger, Michael Harris, Acuna. Yeah, but I still don't want him with his like number nine hitter. Yeah, but he's. I want. I want somebody who's going to contribute in a major I, way. I know, on the I know you want a major contributor out there. I, that's you I, just Col- don't, I just don't running know Cody is. Bellinger out there every day tells me that I'm settling. I, that we should not be in a position to settle. Maybe like we have to take on a ton of like we trade Ozuna. We're gonna have to take on a ton of his salary. Uh, we probably have to take on another bad contract just to get him out of here. Maybe we don't have as much funds to spend oh, towards suck. your elite left fielder that you want. Ugh. We should. We have so much money. 
Spend it. Bellinger would be intriguing to me. Bellinger could be intriguing. I I would I would be fine if we had a good everyday option and then Bellinger's also on the bench because he can play all three outfield positions and he's a good defender and he can fill in in a pinch and he's still got a lot of pop. And he used to be really fucking good. So it's like maybe he gets his stuff together, like you were saying. It's interesting to take a flyer on him, okay. for sure. Yeah. I'm not averse to that. Okay. Cool, Graham. Just as long as he's not the everyday star. Thanks for being open-minded. Sure. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. That's all I got on the Braves. Okay, yeah. And, uh... Hawks? Had a big win over, uh, damn Toronto the other night. In OT. Yeah, they did, Graham. 124-122. Although, Toronto was, like, very shorthanded. They were missing a lot of their best players. Sure. But, you know, big win nonetheless. A game that we certainly could have lost. We don't match up great against some of Toronto's size. Man, they really were missing a lot of people. Yeah. Now that I look at I'm surprised it was this close. But what are you going to do? They pulled it out. Hello, did you see that last play? Yeah. I mean, that was awesome with tie ball game at the end of the first overtime. And, you know, we went, got it into Trey. Trey got it up to A.J. Griffin for a little lay-in alley-oop as the buzzer expired. So. Yeah, beautiful. And A.J. Griffin leads the way off the bench with 17-5. Um, didn't shoot the ball well from three, but great to see him turn another, you know, well above average effort off the bench, especially as a rookie. Well, and, and like – the minutes are changing. Like he, he had 30 minutes off the bench, both the holiday brothers at eight and seven and Jalen Johnson's the one move, losing a lot of minutes. Yeah. He's not really contributing much at all right now. So and the rookies, he's here to stay. It appears. Yeah. And being trusted like that in overtime says a lot about what McMillan thinks about him too. Cause we've always talked about how McMillan, you know, when Okongwu was starting to show up, it was like, why aren't you giving this guy more minutes? He's given Griffin plenty of minutes now. And it's very early in the season. We're still in November, for Christ's sake. So that's a good sign. Yeah, he's getting there. Trey Young starting to put up Trey Young like numbers again. Thirty three yeah. and 12, 12 of twenty one shooting, two of four from three. Yes, it was nice. That's to, what we like to see. Yeah, it was nice to see him take the majority of his shots inside the arc, and he only shot the ball four times and shoots fifty percent from three. That's the kind of stuff I want from Trey. I know Trey can shoot the three. He just can't shoot as well as he thinks he can. So it's great to see him minimize the attempts and be more efficient that way. And DeAndre Hunter's he's had a nice little stretch here mm-hmm. scoring wise and getting to the line. He got to the line fourteen times. Yeah. Against Toronto. That's him being aggressive. Gotta love to see it. Yeah. No, good to see. And the and the Hawks are doing a good job, I think, also just uh protecting the protecting the ball. I think they only turned the ball like twelve or thirteen times in this game. So uh, I remember there was a lot of times last year we'd get into, you know, the twenty plus range we're getting a 20 25 turnover sometimes we're seeing that regularly so they're being a lot more protective of the ball a lot more careful of the ball which is uh always great to see they had their their big test of the year earlier in the week against the 13 and 3 boston celtics and got their asses kicked. yeah that was 126 101 and they're just not to that level yet no boston's just like a veteran team they've played with each other for a long time they play great defense and we're still we're still finding it. We're still I, figuring it out. I don't think that like dooms us like no. seeing the, a result like that. No, uh, especially in November. Like, yeah, it's fine. You'd hope it makes them makes them hungry. Anyways. Yeah, and and just learning, right? I mean, we're still we still got guys learning how to play with each other. And we had, we had beat the Bucks earlier last week as well for right. the second time, which is great. Um, 
yeah, 24 out of DeAndre in that game. Really spread around well. Clint Capella's been playing awesome on both ends of the floor. He's yeah. been a rebounding machine. Yeah. He's getting like 20 rebounds, 14 rebounds. You just look at it. I mean, he, he's just all over it. He he seems really healthy this year. He seems to be moving a lot better than he was at pretty much any point last season. He never seemed 100% to me last year. No, no, he certainly wasn't. And like he is all we got like rebounding-wise right now. So we, we need him healthy and, you know, doing his thing on the boards. Yeah. Yeah, and the Hawks are looking good, 10-6 and six right now. So – uh, third in the East. Third in the East. Checked. Yeah, playing uh, Cleveland tonight and another tough game. They're really doing a good job of the schedule, though. They're kind of like alternating wins losses a little bit. They're not really going on any big winning streaks, but they're playing tough opponent after tough opponent and holding their own. So 10-6 and six at this point in the year with how tough the schedule has been. A lot of new guys coming onto the roster. Um, I'm I'm pleased with where, they, with where they're at right now. Yeah, I was thinking about it. it feels like it was longer than this but it was, it was last year when covid was making its like second run through the population yeah you know maybe there's a third run this year i don't know generally seems to happen summer and winter time but when the hawks roster was just decimated remember that yeah that was like last around christmas time mm-hmm. and we lost like 10 or 11 games in a row right so hopefully we can avoid anything like that happening this year. That that was yeah. a sad state of affairs. I remember we were playing on Christmas last year, and it was just like no one. It was like our third stringers, right? But we still kind of battled against the Knicks for a while. And by the way, Graham, last week I mentioned something dumb about the Hawks playing on Thanksgiving. I was like, I thought NBA was on Thanksgiving this year, but what it is is NFL has Christmas Day games this year. Ooh. Yeah, so that's that's the mix up. That's so much better than NBA. Yeah, but I think I think the Falcons are on. Christmas Eve? Yeah, Christmas Eve against the Ravens. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, NBA season's still cranking up. We, we'd, we would normally be a lot more into our Hawks coverage than we've been so far, but that Falcons are relevant. Yeah. So. Taking up a lot of the uh, sports real estate in our, in our bronze right we're, now. We're mixing it up this year, Graham. Yeah. And it's also November. I mean, it's football season. Yep. Once we get January and whatnot, the Hawks coverage will be more intense. Uh, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, we wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. Hope you guys are doing well. We will see you next week. Until then, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.